Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Janet, how are you doing? Hi, Lucia. How are you? <laughs> I'm excellent, actually. I uh, I was worried about this movie, even though I picked it. But I think, uh, anyway, we'll get into it. The, <laughs> the, uh, the movie that we picked for this month is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the 2011 US version. And I picked it from a long list that I have of like, potential re-podcasting episodes. And so I actually think, Janet, you added it to the list initially, if I'm not mistaken, but it just seemed like a good opportunity to do it now. Yeah, I don't remember, to be honest, I don't remember if I added it to the list or not. I will take your word for it. But here's the thing. I think the reason that I may have added it was because I might have read somewhere that Daniel Craig was very poorly cast Mm. this role. I think that's the reason that I had added it to the list. Okay. And after watching the movie, I mean, I had seen this movie at the movie theater. This was my second time watching it. After watching it the second time, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he did a good job, but... Maybe it was just because, you know what I think it really was, is that the Swedish films had come out, the trilogy had all come out in 2009, in like February, September, and November of 2009. And then this came out in 2011. So like, it was still way too close, I think, to the first set of movies. And I think that's probably why there were a lot of people like kind of shitting on it, because it's like, why do we need this movie? Like we have the whole trilogy very well done. But in Swedish, you can read it with subtitles. That's probably why. <laughs> but how many people actually watched the Swedish versions? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. that, I feel like unless you are like a movie buff or you're someone who really enjoys foreign movies, which I feel like that's just not something that's mainstream like this was obviously made to be very palatable Mm -hmm. to the mainstream right because unless I think unless you are like a film buff you probably would not have watched the Swedish versions I will agree with you for the most part the one part where I would say it's a little different is that the books were massively successful in many many countries So I do feel like people who liked the books a lot would have sought out the Swedish films. Maybe not everybody, but I do feel like there's a bigger chunk of audience that would have seen the films because of the source material. Okay. But I don't know. I didn't look into like how well they did. And I think what they did that was smart was they filmed all three at the same time. And so that they could release them like shortly one after the other. Because as we see with this movie, they didn't release the second or the third book in the trilogy. And then when it came time to the fourth book, I don't even know if I want to count it as part of the same series because it's a totally different writer. 
but then they did release that one in 2018 and that didn't do well either. So I don't know. It's interesting. Actually, now I do really want to see how well the Swedish films did because maybe this these books just don't translate well to like, they translate well to film, but not to a wide audience maybe. Yeah, I would like to watch the original one with Numi. I can't pronounce her last name and I didn't Google how to pronounce her last name. So okay. I don't want to butcher it, but Numi... R A P A C E. I would actually really like to watch that movie sometime, just out of curiosity, because she did garner. Oh, hello. Hi. Okay. So you're back. Yeah. But you were talking, oh, saying that you want to see the Swedish films because she got a lot of uh, accolades. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So maybe we should just move on to discussing our recast. Okay, sure. So, well, first, let's start off with the box office. How did this film do? So budget was 90 million. And the box office was 239 million. So it was definitely uh, a commercial success. Yeah, it did very well. That's shocking, because I mean, I just frankly assumed that it didn't get the sequels because it didn't do well. No, in this particular case, I don't think that's why the sequels didn't happen. I think it was more like a question of not being able to get their shit together in terms Mm -hmm. of like talent and creativity and like everyone that was gonna work on it. That was sort of what I read, but no, it did very, well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, great. Um, okay. So the synopsis for the movie, Oh, uh, for anybody listening, this movie is on Netflix and Amazon prime in Canada. So, you know, if you want to pause and watch it, feel free. The synopsis is disgraced journalist. Mikhail Bloomquist is hired to investigate a 40 year old disappearance and hires Lisbeth Salander, a 23 year old ward of the state and hacker badass to help with the investigation. I'm trying not to give anything away in the synopsis, but I mean, quite frankly, we are definitely going to get into spoilers. So again, feel free to go watch the movie if you're interested. Why don't we take a a quick ad break and then we will come back and do our recasting. At ATB, we make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. And now back to the show. And we're back. And Janet, I guess I'll go first on the recasting since uh, I picked the movie. Sure. I'm going to start with Mikhail Blomqvist. I'm sure I'm saying the names all terribly. I do not speak Swedish. <laughs> so this was, of course, the Daniel Craig character. And yeah, I thought he was great. I think he's always good, to be honest. I'm trying to think of a situation in which like a movie in which I've seen him where I didn't think he was good and I can't come up with one. So, you know, yeah, he's not Swedish, but the whole movie's in English. So I don't think that matters that much. But that being said, I did decide to recast him with not Swedes, but Scandinavian actors. So I have two different options. The first one that popped into my head right away is Mads Mikkelsen. 
He's Danish. He is from Rogue One. He's been in Doctor Strange. He's Hannibal in the TV series Hannibal. And he was in a movie from 2020, I want to say, uh, that was like my favorite movie of the year called Another Round. And the more I see of him, the more I like him. I think he, like, he's been in some big franchises and whatever. He's in Marvel, he's in Star Wars. But Another Round was an interesting choice. And then another movie I saw of his called Riders of Justice. Like, he just takes on really different roles. Like, he can do drama and, you know, deep character development. He can do fighting and, you know, badassery and whatever. Like, he can just, he can do a lot. And the more I see of him, the more I like him. And, you know, thinking of this journalist in the the role is like, you know, he's very smart, but he's kind of like, we start off the story with him in a really bad spot where he's just kind of been like set up to lose a big libel case and to kind of ruin his credibility. And so he's really down and he gets hired to do this investigation. And, you know, he's trying to like kind of come back from this really big career setback. Um, And so, I don't know, I think Mads Mikkelsen can handle that level of uh, nuance and and kind of showing this character go through a, a real arc. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is an interesting choice. I like him very much. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't know, there's something about Mads Mikkelsen. He's just got like this darkness about him. Or maybe it's that he's he's so serious. <laughs> maybe it's just the different roles. I don't know. I associate him with like being a villain. And I don't think just oh. because... He was the villain in uh, Casino Royale. I like Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I certainly think he could play this role. Absolutely. I mean, he's a great actor. He, yeah. I think he's just one of those actors. He can really do anything. Could you see him in a light comedy? <laughs> You know, I just think he hasn't been given the opportunity to do a comedy yet. Yeah. Like, I think in many ways, Mads Mikkelsen has been typecast. Yes. Because he is sort of still considered a foreign actor, even though he's been working and doing, you know, American productions for years and years and years now, yeah. right? I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is not new on the scene right <laughs> yeah but I just don't think he's been given the opportunity and you know what maybe those types of roles don't interest him either yeah. you know maybe that's what who knows maybe he's been offered all sorts of comedies and <laughs> he's just like I don't want to do a comedy I want to be menacing and <laughs> but he's a great actor like I I really enjoy him Mm -hmm. he's also like a very looming presence I don't know how tall he is but he looks tall and you know he's got very like distinct chiseled features like he just kind of looks like he could be menacing just at a glance exactly like to me Mads Mikkelsen looks like a serial killer oh no (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, like okay. he just has one of those serial killer faces that you like, <laughs> I would not, if I didn't know who he was, like I wouldn't want to bump into him on a dark, shadowy street. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should cast him as the killer instead. <laughs> yeah, he totally could have been Martin. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But yeah. like, that's the thing. Oh, whoops, sorry, everybody. I just gave it away. <laughs> anyway. That's all right. Um, we warned people we were going to Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like he could totally play Martin. And in fact, like, but see, that's the problem. If he had been cast as Martin, you would have known that he was the killer. You know what for I sure. mean? Instantly, just by looking at him, you would have been like, oh, fuck, that guy's the killer for sure. <laughs> Yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It's like when Ed Harris shows up in a movie nowadays. The second he shows up, you're like, oh, that's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, you instantly know, like, oh, that that actor is the bad guy, for sure. <laughs> like, look at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think he also could have been the good guy in this case. I think he could definitely play Mikhail. Yeah. Um, and then I do have a second choice. My second choice, I feel like, is a little more obvious. And then later on, I found out he was considered for the role. And that is Viggo Mortensen. He also is someone who is dark, can play a bad guy, can play a good guy. He was in a movie called Captain Fantastic that was he was really good in. And it was not like he's not a villain in that by any means. But, you know, he also has that kind of like, seriousness that you know even though Mikhail is a good guy in this movie it's still the movie itself is so dark and so serious that you know he I feel like he just kind of fits right in there and he could have done that really well yeah I really like Viggo Mortensen I enjoy him like yeah Viggo Mortensen is one of those actors that if he is in a movie, I will watch the movie specifically for him. Nice. Yeah, he's great. I really enjoy him. And he could definitely play Mikhail. Like, he would have been a great choice. And I actually had him on my list. But I'll tell you after why I didn't select him. Okay. So, yeah, not much else needs to be said about him. He's a great actor, and he could do this role really well. I will move on to my Lisbeth choice. I only had one. So uh, she was played by Rooney Mara in this case, who I have nothing against. I thought she did a good job. But actually, this role, I had a lot of trouble recasting. Like, for Mikhail, both Mads Mikkelsen and Viggo Mortensen came to me really quickly And so I spent most of my movie watching just trying to think of like who else could be in this role. And, you know, they have to be a certain age range, you know, have a certain look, have a certain style, have a certain attitude. And so I kept coming back to Jennifer Lawrence and I kept not wanting to choose her, (laughs) which sounds weird, but like, I don't know. She just was like, she was already like a pretty big star at that time. And also, like, I don't know, I think, unfortunately, like, at this point in time, I'm Jennifer Lawrence out, so I didn't want to pick her. But the more I thought, and I was thinking of other people and other people, and I just kept coming back to her. And so that's where I landed. I recast Jennifer Lawrence. She is a good actor. Like, I don't have any problem with her acting ability or anything like that. And we know that she can, you know, 
kick ass and be tough on screen. So I think that she could handle that part well. I did find out later after I chose her that she had been considered. And the reason they didn't go with her is because she's too tall. I guess David Fincher had a really specific and probably based on, you know, the description of Lisbeth in the novels. He had a really specific idea of what Lisbeth's physicality should be on screen. And so he actually said that like she had to be around 5'5 and around 25 years old. And so uh, Jennifer Lawrence is 5'9", I guess. So maybe she just seemed a little too like, I don't know, looming for what the character's supposed to be. But I still think she could have played it well. And, you know, just cast taller actors around her and she won't look that tall. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and certainly at that time, Jennifer Lawrence's name could carry a movie. So, you know, I think it would have made sense to have her there too. Yeah, I know. I saw her on, there was like this gigantic list of actresses that were considered for the role of Lizbeth. Yeah. And I saw her name on it. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not the president of the Jennifer Lawrence fan club. Right. <laughs> so, like, I really avoid her right. as much as possible. I mean, I'm sure she could have played this role. I don't see why not. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I'm not saying I disagree with your choice because, it, again, like she was considered for yeah. it. So obviously, like they thought she was she was worthy enough to play the role. I just, I guess, it more of a personal choice. Like I. Right. I just wouldn't want to see her in this role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. To be honest, I didn't, like, it sounds so weird. I didn't want to cast her, but I just, I personally yeah. couldn't come up with anybody else who I felt fit it better. So. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But those are mine. Should I tell you mine now? Yes, please. Okay. So I agree with you. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with Daniel Craig mm-hmm. in this role. I mean, I am the president of the Daniel Craig fan club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, I never cast him out of a movie uh, because okay. I really, you know, let's not including James Bond, like his portrayal mm-hmm. of James Bond, which, I mean, I think he is the best. He's my, he's yeah. my James. same yeah but I think that Daniel Craig is a brilliant actor I Mm -hmm. think I've seen a lot of his work now Mm -hmm. and he doesn't do just film I mean he's Mm. he's done a lot of theater as well and I think actors that are able to do both successfully that's the true measure of of a gifted actor right in my opinion so i really enjoy him i think in terms of bandwidth he's amazing and Mm -hmm. just he's got it all he can do it all so yeah i mean obviously this is a 90 million dollar movie right holy cow like they had 
a big director. They had a big name screenwriter. So they needed big names, or at mm -hmm. least they needed a big name for one of these roles, right? Right. Yeah. So I understand why they went with Daniel Craig, because Daniel Craig is not only talented, but he brought the star power mm -hmm. to this role, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, he's James Bond. People mm -hmm. associate, <laughs> yeah, people associate him with that role. So you can guarantee that if you cast him in your movie, that alone is going to bring people out to the movie theater to watch your movie, right? right. So I understand why they chose him. So in that vein, that's sort of where I tried to, to go with my recasting choices, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I didn't select Viggo Mortensen because oh. while I think he's excellent and I think he definitely would have done uh, a great job in this role, I would have liked to have seen his portrayal of Mikhail. Like, I just don't think he had enough, like, box office clout, like enough mm -hmm. of a, a box office name right that he would have been cast in something like this so I was just kind of looking at it from that perspective so I was like okay I have to go with a big name I think for that mm -hmm. role right okay so I actually have three choices I'm just gonna go oh, wow. through them like super quick right because I also feel like this is the kind of role that I mean and I'm not like trying to be reductive of what Daniel Craig did with it but I think like I don't know like I don't think you need to be doing any magic shows here in this <laughs> role do you know what I mean yeah like, yeah it's not the mediest role maybe I would have sort of a better understanding of the character if I had read the source material I've never oh, read cool. any of these books so I have no idea what Mikhail is like in the books, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so my first choice was, like, again, I wanted to go with bigger sort of star power names that people would instantly recognize, right? Okay. So my first choice was actually Jude Law. Oh, yeah, uh, Jude Law, you know, I think I've seen Jude Law play a journalist before, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, and he yeah. can do it. Like, just put some oh, glasses on Jude Law, and he can, <laughs> he can totally, he could have played Mikhail. I think, you know, obviously it would have been different from what Daniel Craig brought to the table, but Jude Law is, he's an excellent actor as well. I mean, mm -hmm. he could have done this role. I think he would have been just fine in it. Yeah. I also thought, though, of Ewan McGregor. Ah. I think he would have been interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded seeing him in this role. And, you know, we've seen, like, that's the thing. Jude Law, Ewan McGregor, they've both done a lot of, like, action movies as well, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe Ewan McGregor more so than Jude Law. But Jude Law's done, like, he's been in Sherlock and... I don't know if he did that before or after this. I can't remember. Anyway, we've seen enough of Jude Law that you could buy him like in an action-y sort of film, right? Mm -hmm. So either him, Ewan McGregor, and then my less commercial choice <laughs> okay. is Killian Murphy. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think Killian Murphy would have been an interesting Mikhail as mm -hmm. well. 
maybe like a more sort of subtle introspective yeah. Mikhail, right? But Killian Murphy does drama exceptionally well. I mean, right. he basically only does drama. You know, we only really ever see him in dramatic roles. I think he's done like one romantic comedy in his wow. entire career. <laughs> um, I thought he was excellent at, by the way, and I would love to see him do more of that, but he's not interested in doing that. Like he has said before that those oh. types of scripts just do not interest him at all. Yeah. I think Killian Murphy would have been an interesting Mikhail as well. But the problem with that, again, is that he doesn't have like that sort of name recognition, that star power that could have necessarily carried a film, mm -hmm. right. a role like this, right? So, yeah. Yeah, with like you said, with a $90 million budget, yeah, they were definitely looking to fill those roles with at least one megastar. Exactly, at least one, and so that's why I went with either Jude Law or Ewan McGregor as yeah. sort of like the more commercial mm -hmm. choice. Do you have any comments that you want to make before I move on to Lisbeth? I'll just say I had not considered any of those actors, and they'd all bring a little something different to the role. But it would be cool to see them. Like, they all, I think, would be good. I did read the books quite a while ago. And so I'll say this, because I don't remember, like, a lot of details. What I remember is all about Lisbeth. So I do feel like Mikhail is probably not the most interesting character, <laughs> since I also, like, don't remember much about him from the books either. So I think these are all good actors. I think it's important to have a good actor in there to be able to, like, to just be subtle as you said about Killian Murphy but yeah you don't need like Daniel Day-Lewis in there <laughs> yeah exactly right? <laughs> yeah yeah I would have my you know what my personal number one choice would be Killian Murphy for the okay. role yeah. because it's interesting I read somewhere that they said that in the book like they said that the problem with Daniel Craig was that he brought that James Bond energy mm. to the role and that that was a bit distracting. Oh, I see. In the sense that Mikhail is not like an action hero <laughs> or sort of figure in the book. Like, you know, he's someone who does not necessarily have that type of presence, right? So yeah. that was kind of where like the disconnect came with uh, with casting Daniel Craig as yeah. Mikhail, right? Yeah, that's funny because I read that yeah. Daniel Craig put on weight for this role. Um, really? Because yeah, like I don't think it was a ton, but that he just he put on some weight so that he wouldn't be as cut as James mm -hmm. Bond. Yeah, oh, that's to try and look more normal. <laughs> Actually, you know, one of the things that struck me when I first started watching the movie for like the second time mm -hmm. I was like wow like he looked almost lanky compared oh. to like what usually looks like as James Bond you know mm -hmm. what I mean I think he's just more muscle obviously when he's James okay. Bond right so he didn't have like that like super cut kind of definition going on yeah yeah so I don't know what I what point I was trying to make but anyway uh that's why I think that Kelly Murphy would have mm -hmm. like been sort of an interesting 
choice because he doesn't have like that sort of presence. Like, right. I don't know, but we'll never know. <laughs> but he's Until my- they reboot it again. <laughs> he's my first choice. And yeah, so moving on to Lizbeth, you know, again, I am not the president of the Rooney Mara fan club right. at all. Are you <laughs> like, listen, it's her, Kristen Stewart or Kirsten Stewart. I don't know uh, how to pronounce it. And what's that other one? Shailene Woodley. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Those three, like they are totally on my shit list. Wow to actresses actors like if they're in a movie i will completely avoid it if mm. i can like i see will... that's probably why this movie was on our list because you wanted to recast her no no i don't think it was her oh, but anyways okay. i don't like her i okay. i don't understand that's why i say it's her shailene woodley and kristen stewart because i don't understand the hype that they get yeah. I've never understood it. I don't understand why they get cast in anything because to me, they're so mediocre. They're so bland Mm -hmm. and I just don't get it. Mind you, I didn't mind her in the role. Like she was okay. You know what I mean? I saw the girl in the spider web a couple of years ago. Okay. And uh, Claire Foy is Mm -hmm. in that. She plays Lizbeth. And I'll be honest, I didn't particularly enjoy Claire Foy in the role. Like, okay. if I had to compare them, I would say that I would prefer watching Rooney Mara's interpretation of the character. Wow. But again, I don't really think she's that great. So, and you know what's funny is she got a Best Actress nomination for this role. Oh, wow. For an Oscar. You know why? The Academy loves transformations women looking not pretty they love to reward that right like and this isn't to knock the performance but for example a lot of people say um both Nicole Kidman for the hours and then Charlize Theron for Monster that they got that nod because of they were willing to look ugly on screen like there's kind of jokes about that I I feel like it's not just actresses I think actors get it as well because like yes an actor gets like super super skinny and like looks emaciated for a yeah. role it's like let's give him uh, an oscar you mm-hmm. know what i mean like in many ways and i'm not trying to disparage his performance but like let's talk about matthew mcconaughey of course let's just wander off on a little tangent <laughs> Like, listen, I think he was excellent in that role in Dallas Buyers Club. Like, I enjoyed him in the role, and I thought yeah. he was excellent. But all people talked about was, like, how skinny he got. Mm-hmm. Like, that's and, all people talked about. And just this the fact great. of, like, the fact that Matthew McConaughey has an Oscar bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, but there's always that joke, right? Even like among actors, like sometimes you'll like shows and where they're doing parodies of themselves or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) oh, I need, I'm going to look, I'm going to take this role because it's, I'm going to look really ugly in it. So I'll get an Oscar for this kind of thing, right? 
Um, so anyway, sorry. Uh, back to Lisbeth. So um, I also, I'm like you, Lucia. I kind of had a difficult mm-hmm. time casting the role. And, you know, I read through the um, the lengthy uh, list of potentials for this role. And I don't think that there was any actress <laughs> on that list where I thought, hmm, yeah, like they should have gone with that actress instead of Rooney Mari. There was no yeah. one on that list that I, that particularly um, piqued my interest. So I went with someone who I know people are going to be like, what or like my <laughs> okay she is but my first choice was sienna miller oh and you know what i know it's surprising but mm-hmm. that's why i feel like the reason that i selected sienna miller is because nobody would have thought <laughs> no one would have thought to cast sienna miller in this role and it's exactly the kind of role that perhaps like she needed and would have like put her on the map because I mean I have long been singing her her praises as an actor I really enjoy Sienna Miller and I think she's excellent and I think she is one of the most underrated actors working even now you know she's been at this for years and years and years and I think Maybe now people are starting to take notice. It's interesting because she's just, uh, she was in a, a little a mini series or whatever that's on Netflix right now. It's called Anatomy of a Scandal. And it's based on um, this book by Sarah Vaughn. Anyway, I read the book a couple of years ago and I thought it was excellent. And when I heard that she was going to be part of this, I was like, oh, great. I thought for sure that they this was going to be like her breakout role and it is, but once again, she's cast as the wife. Like that's the thing with Sienna Miller. She's always cast as the girlfriend or the wife. And I think that she has not necessarily been given the opportunity because people underestimate what she can do as an actor. But I've watched a lot of her work. She's definitely someone who, if she's in a movie, I'll watch it because I really mm-hmm. enjoy her. I think she's she's good at playing interesting characters, but again, she's not necessarily given the opportunity because she's always the girlfriend. She's always the wife, but she's also, she takes those roles and she brings something to it. Like she makes something out of, them and I think if you're paying attention you'll see that she's really good like in layer cake like mm-hmm. I know you watched that movie yeah. yeah and actually in that with Daniel Craig like she's kind of a dirty little badass in layer <laughs> her performance if you watch layer cake you remember her performance right like, that's the thing about Sienna Miller is like you remember her if you see her in something right and Oh, she took that role in layer cake and that could have been a role that you, that was forgettable. And she's good. Like she is like, she brings something to that role uh, that you're just like, Oh yeah. Like she is, she's kind of a badass. And then (laughs) 
also in Factory Girl. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen that. No, like I she, haven't. You know what? She played uh, Edie. I forget what her last name, but she played her really well. And she, I think she's good at going to those dark places. Okay. Um, and then what? I, there is a, a role that I saw her in that convinced me that she could carry a movie. And that was, she did a movie. This was like years ago with Steve Buscemi. It's called Interview. And she plays, yeah, it's excellent. It's like a small independent film that she did. But I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself, you know what? Sienna Miller can act. No one. It's just that nobody takes her seriously enough. Um, But she was excellent in that movie. Like she stole that movie away, like from Steve Buscemi. Wow. I will always recommend that movie because it's excellent. Okay. So anyway, I'm look for I, it. yeah, I think she would have been an unlikely choice for, mm-hmm. for Lizbeth. Right. But I think that's the thing. I think if you stripped her down and you turned her into Lizbeth with all those piercings and you dyed her hair and you made her look unlike Sienna Miller. Right. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing. I think people see her and like, she's so, glam and she's so beautiful that sometimes people don't see past that right right it it is hard to picture her as Lisbeth I'm sure I sound like I have a crush on Sienna Miller right now but I really do think she is very very talented and I think she does not get the respect or sort of the recognition that she deserves right Um, but yeah I think she would have been a really interesting Lizbeth and I think it would have finally been uh, a role where people would have been like they sort of would have sat up and noticed that she is excellent and I think she could go to those dark places and I would have loved Mm -hmm. to have seen uh, what she could have done with the role and I think it's really a shame that she wasn't even in contention for it right what I mean no one of her for this role and I think that that's really a shame yeah because that list was long like I'll go through a handful of the choices in a bit but like it feels like actually you've said this before where it's like when you have a really good strong role for women that they seem to just like throw the spaghetti at the wall and like try everybody and everyone gets to read for it and whatever and it's like they don't know like, it feels like it's rarely intentional. Like, they're thinking of a certain type of person or whatever. Like, they just try everything. So it was really surprising not to have her on that list. Because, yeah, she's absolutely a contemporary of all these actors. She's the right she age, is. right? Everything. But, it, again, she's often not. I think she's just not considered for roles because people don't see her. Yeah. Uh, as someone who could take on a role like this and smash the shit out of it you know what I mean and I really think that that she could have had she been given the opportunity um and I you know what she could have played opposite any of the actors that I recasted like okay maybe Jude Law because she has like a she has like a personal history with Jude Law so maybe maybe that wouldn't have been the best sort of uh, combination but like I would love to see her act opposite Ewan McGregor or even well she actually did a movie with Killian Murphy like years ago but it was never released which is such a shame I would have loved to have seen that but 
I would love to see them in uh, in a film together. I think that, that would be amazing because yeah. I would love to see like what that combination would look like. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely the right age as well. Like Rooney Mara is 37 now. So I don't know what that would have made her at the time. But Sienna Miller is like, I think Sienna Miller just turned 40. So I mean, age wise, she would have been the age appropriate role. And again, like Rooney Mara was not really a known. She certainly didn't have name recognition. Yeah. Like when she did this. So I think Sienna Miller would have fit that sort of slot yeah I think a big part of why Rooney Mara got this role is because she had just finished working with David Fincher on the social network so he knew her and he knew what she could do and so David Fincher has probably never worked with Sienna Miller or many of these other actresses and so like he was just able to go to bat for her in a way that he wouldn't for somebody else yeah of course oh the other person I did actually have one other person that I thought I would have liked to have seen in the role and that's Naomi Harris. She would have been sort of like my Oh yes. Na- Naomi Harris. She's um oh god. She's money penny, people- isn't she? Yes. For people who don't know uh, who Na- Naomi Harris is, she played Money Penny in all the recent James Bond films. I feel like that's where people would know her from. She did 28 Days Later with Killian Murphy. She was in that. <laughs> that's like another movie, but she was in that. But I could see Naomi Harris is a little bit older, not old, but she's older than Rooney Mara. But I think, again, I think she would have been fine age-wise. And I think she would have been really good at the physical stuff. Mm -hmm. And she also, there's like an intensity about her and an an intensity about her work that I think she could have really channeled Lizbeth. So I mean, she would have sort of been my second choice and nobody really would have known who she was either. She yeah. Been yeah, yeah. That's good though. I, I could really picture her doing a really great Lisbeth. Yeah, I think so. I feel like I kind of was sticking to larger names on the Lisbeth character because I was going for not larger names on the Mikhail character. But right. I really like both of your choices. Um, I think they would have been good. And And I think that's the problem and why I landed on Jennifer Lawrence is because I feel like they had to go a little deeper or think a little differently. And they could have gotten, again, I think Rudy Mara was good, but I do think that it could have been better if they had just thought, I I hate this term because it's overused, but if they had thought a little outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. So what I was reading was the role of Lisbeth was initially offered to Natalie Portman who I did think of as well, but anyway, she declined it, which I think was the right choice. Then Jennifer Lawrence and then Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Scarlett Johansson was considered, but, and and I don't think she would have been good, but the reasoning that I read was she's too sexy. (laughs) That's why she didn't get the role. I'll tell you, Lucia, my favorite names on that list were Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Vanessa Hudgens, also known for the Princess Switch movies <laughs> on Netflix. Like, yeah. can you imagine Vanessa Hudgens in and a High School Musical? Why was she even considered? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous to me. I don't like that at all. And the other one that made me laugh was Anne Hathaway. I know. Oh, my goodness. Like, no. It- <sighs> 
<laughs> Absolutely not. In this role. Like, never. No. Why was exactly. she considered? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, some of the other ones that I saw, well, Kristen Stewart was considered apparently as well. Yeah. Kara Knightley, which I thought was also a really odd one. Yeah. And nothing against her, but I just can't picture her in this role whatsoever. Yeah. One that I thought was like interesting uh, was Evan Rachel Wood. I wouldn't mind seeing her version of Elizabeth. Yes. Actually, now that you mention it, she was another name on that list that I thought to myself, Yes, I could have seen her in this role and I would have liked to have seen what she would have done with it. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I won't name the other ones. The list is ridiculous. You guys can find it online for anybody who's interested. The other thing that I did want to mention is that the novel is originally titled, like the Swedish title translates directly to Men Who Hate Women. Oh, yeah, and that's also the name of the Swedish film, the 2009 film. Uh, but for whatever reason, when they translate it, it's not a direct translation and it's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Right. Yeah. You know, this is an aside, but for Mikael, if he was older, you know who I actually would have liked to have cast is Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Alexander Skarsgård, like, is perfect at playing the bastard asshole role. Yeah. Like he's perfected it. Right. Psychopath. He has perfected that role. But then it would have been so funny given his dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're both, like this has to be a family thing because their brother, mm-hmm. their brother, oh, Bill yeah. didn't he play like um, it or Pennywise? Yeah. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Like, this has to be, like, a family thing, right? I want to be at, like, a family dinner with them or, like, at Christmas or something. It would be so frightening. Exactly. I want to be a fly <laughs> on sure the wall. I'm sure they're, like, hilarious, wonderful people in yeah. real life. Yeah, but if he was older, because yeah. he's too young. I, th- I feel like he would have been too young for the role at the time. But if he was older... I would cast him. Like if this movie was made now, if this movie (laughs) were to be made now, I would cast Alexander Skarsgård as Mikhail. Love it. And at least there'd be another Swedish actor in the movie because there are very few. (laughs) I guess uh, Henrik, played by um, Christopher Plummer, that role was originally supposed to go to Max von Sydow, who is Swedish, but he had to back out. And I love Christopher Plummer, so I'm definitely not going to complain about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was interesting because, so I had read the books. I have not seen the Swedish version of this movie, but I saw the other two, like the the second and third ones. Um, and they were really good. Oh, in fact, Numi, I'm going to say Rapace. I'm not sure how to say it. Right. She was also, there was a campaign for her to play Lisbeth in the US version that apparently Roger Ebert was championing. Oh, really? Yeah, but so she said she didn't want to do it. She's like, I've already played this character. I don't want to play the same character in the same stories, which like good for her. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Good for her because I mean, like what a way to break into like a more mainstream market career wise, right? So you think she should have done it? No, I don't. I think it was um... like an artistic choice. I think it was a brave choice, like not to try and 
and campaign for this role. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I did like, I don't want to say enjoyed the movie because it's not an enjoyable movie. It's difficult to watch. It's awful. Like so many horrible things are happening, yeah. but I think it was good. Like, I think they did a good job and I don't know. I was a little sad to see, cause this one I did go see in the movie theater. And so I was sad to see that it didn't get any of the sequels because I think Daniel Craig was really good. I liked Rooney Mara in this, whether I like, because the three actresses you mentioned, I'm going to go off on a tangent now for a second. I don't have anything against any of them. I've seen a lot of their movies and everything. And so I'm fine with them, but also they are very bland. Like they are very wooden. Like they don't, I, I don't know. They're weird choices for a lot of things. But that being said, like I'm fine with most of the stuff I've seen them in too, but I totally get what you're saying. But I think it works in Rooney Mara's favor in this character because this character is not very vocal, um, like doesn't have a lot of dialogue, is very like stone-faced a lot of the time, quite frankly, and is supposed to be. So I think it actually works for Rooney Mara. Yeah, like like I said, I mean, I didn't think she was awful in this role. Right. I mean, I just personally don't like her. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that she's very, I just don't think she's very interesting. My, like, to me, she always plays the same type of character because that's probably what her personality is like. Right. Yeah. That's like Kristen Stewart, too. I think that's just her personality. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's just, Rooney Mara's personality. But that's why I think good for her for doing this one, because to me, this one is different. Oh. No? Or do you think that this is like the rest of her movies, her characters? Well, I haven't seen enough of her movies. I did that. I watched that stupid movie that she did with, um, with what's his face, uh, Casey Affleck, where he like is the ghost with the sheet over his head or whatever. Right, right. That cinematic uh, gem. I saw her in that, right? And I was like, I don't know. Like, she's just, she's always the same. And even when she played, she plays Dev Patel's girlfriend in Lion. Oh. Did you see that movie? I have not seen it. Yeah, she played, and I was watching that, and I was just like, why is she always the same character in every single movie? I don't understand. Yeah. And she always looks like she's not moving her mouth when she's talking. (sighs) Didn't you okay. notice that? Like she barely moves her her mouth when it's like she's mumbling. It's mumblecore mm. with yeah. her. Yeah, I just I can't stand her. Fair. All right. Well, I, I don't have anything else to say about this movie. <laughs> How about you? No, I mean, you know what's funny is, like I said, I went to see this at the movie theater, and then when I sat down to watch it for our podcast and like the movie is not that old it's from 2011 right and then when I sat down to watch it for our podcast I was like I don't remember anything about this movie it was like watching it for the first time yeah to be honest same to me the movie didn't leave much of an impression on me right I had like I literally had no recollection of half the stuff that was going on watching it the second time (laughs) to me was kind of like this movie made no impression on me when I saw it at the movie theater yeah I I guess that's true yeah so I think that's a bad sign (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
The only, I, I feel the same. The only thing that like sparked a bit of recollection was when I first saw Alexander or sorry, Stellar Skarsgård. And I was, I just called him Stellar, didn't I? Stellan Skarsgård. Well, he, he is Stellar. <laughs> oh I mean, my God. I think we should call him Stellar Skarsgård from now on. Uh, I'm in. He's Stellar. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first saw Stellan Skarsgård, I was like, oh, he's the killer, right? So that was literally the only thing that like sparked yes, some recognition. That's what I remembered as well. I was yeah. like, he's the killer. Yeah. So his like his performance left an impression on me and his Same. house in the movie also left yes. an impression on me. Absolutely. Damn. What is with these glass houses? They scare the <laughs> shit out of me. Oh, for me, it was the torture room that I remembered. <laughs> you know what? That's the other thing. I completely did not remember the torture room. Wow. I completely did not remember that scene with Daniel Craig. And I was like, did I even watch this movie? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> While I was in the theater watching this movie, because I had no recollection whatsoever of that scene. Incredible. At all. And I was like, was this in the, in the movie? I don't even remember this. It was yeah. a special like DVD extra that they threw in. <laughs> yeah, I had no memory of that. And I was like, what is going on here? I don't remember. <laughs> And then for a second, I thought maybe I did fall asleep when I went to sit at the movie theater. I don't maybe. know. It's possible. That's funny. I think part of why I remember it is because that part in the book is really, it takes a really shocking turn. It's really well described. So like, to be honest, I think I remember it from the movie because of the book, not because of the movie. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. So um, would you recommend people watch it? I mean, I think it's in terms of like, if you want to watch something that's action packed, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not a bad yeah. movie. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. yeah, sure. Awesome. All right. Well, um, up next month, we have uh, for the month of August, we have the uh, movie. Oh, Lucia, wait. What about what? our Tony Davis segment? Wow. <laughs> Oh my God. Horrible. Are you okay? Are you having a medical? Lucia, Lucia, are you having a medical emergency right now? Oh no, I forgot Tony Danza. Are you having a stroke, Lucia? Are you okay? Can I lift my arms over my head? (laughs) I think I'm okay. Okay, good. I don't like that at all. Okay, yes, I was totally jumping ahead. Okay, so first um, I will do all the things we forgot that I forgot. The ratings for this movie on IMDb, it had a 71% from 41 critics. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it had an 86% from 258 reviewers. So that's really high. I was surprised. And let's uh, take a quick second ad break. And then we will come back for my favorite segment that I somehow forgot about. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer help, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, 
making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. And now back to the show. And we're back, and it is time for... Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, a segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So, Janet, I have a theory. I forgot this segment because I don't want Tony Danza in this movie. This movie's too dark. (laughs) Tony is a shining light. Yes. Yeah. So I had a bit of a tough time figuring out where to cast him, but I landed on a character called Armonsky. And that is played by Goran Vishnich. Oh, right. Yeah, he is Lisbeth's boss. He's her boss as a, what do you call it? As an investigator, basically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I wanted Tony to play against type Mm -hmm. in this movie. I'm scared. I wanted him to flex his acting muscles. Okay. So I cast as Martin. No. <laughs> wow. I, what? I'll, I'll say this. Had he been cast as that, it's like the perfect like decoy or whatever. Like you would never think that he is the killer. Right. Because he doesn't have a serial killer face. Yes. The way Stellar Skarsgard <laughs> has a serial killer face. Right. right? Like you would never guess that Tony was a serial killer and therefore it would be an absolute shocker to the audience once it was revealed. You know what I love about that choice is the moment when he's about to kill Daniel Craig, when he's about to kill Mikhail and he puts on Enya. I want to see Tony do that part. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I'm always trying to like give Tony the best roles so that he yeah. can like flex his acting muscles. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair. I just, ugh, that character was so evil. I don't want to oh, see yeah. it. Like awful. <laughs> yeah. Despicable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well now <laughs> I can get into what we're uh, doing for next month. So for the month of August, we are going to be recasting the movie August Osage County. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. I'm not sure where it can be found. I, I will look that up and add a little. I think it's on Netflix. Awesome. I'm almost, okay. I'm almost certain it's on Netflix. Okay, perfect. Great. Then, yeah, hopefully everybody watches it. This movie was based on a play. So keep that in mind while you watch it. I feel like that needs to be known. <laughs> and yeah, come back and recast along with us for next month. Yes, please. And in the meantime, you can find us on social media places at repodcasting. And you can email us at repodcasting at gmail.com. So Janet, thank you as always for joining me. Thanks, Lucia. Bye. Bye. Lucia here again. Just wanted to say that you can find August Osage County streaming on Prime Video or Crave Stars. Hope you can watch it and recast along with us. See you next month. How did you forget about Tony Danza's segment? I don't know. Are you all right?